Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning, Atlanta, and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk with business leaders from Atlanta and the surrounding communities. Silver Lining in the Cloud is sponsored by CDI Managed Services, where we provide outsourced IT consulting and integrated solutions. I'm your host, Nicole Toptosh. With us in the studio this morning, joining us for Technology Innovation Month is Steve Hassett, COO of GT Software, and Mitch Skyer, President of Passio Technologies. Thank you both for taking time out of your business schedules to be with us today. And again, congratulations on being recognized as one of the top uh, innovative companies in Atlanta. Thank you. Steve, get us started and uh, tell us about what you do. Yeah, so uh, uh, as you said, I'm Chief Operating Officer of GT Software. Uh, GT Software was founded in 1982, Mm -hmm. so it's over 35 years old. Uh, We originally developed tools for mainframe software developers to build uh, the old green screen applications, Mm -hmm. and today our primary product uh, is in two areas. One is to easily create drag-and-drop mainframe API integrations. The other Mm -hmm. is to help companies migrate off mainframes but maintain the existing applications. Mm -hmm. So you talked about the big green machines. Are mainframes still a thing? Surprisingly, yes. Have you interacted with a mainframe today? Um, I don't know how to answer that. (laughs) Uh, Well, so if you made an airline reservation, swiped a credit card, went to an ATM, did anything like that, you've interacted with a mainframe. Okay. It's funny how you don't correlate that to that, but it it still is. They're they're the workhorses. They're behind the scenes. They work really well, Mm -hmm. and you know, but the world would stop without mainframes. So with that being said, how important are mainframes in today's business environment? Yeah, so what what most people don't realize is mainframes still process 80% of the overall IT workload in the world. 80%, wow. Uh, They've processed $3 trillion, trillion with a T, Mm -hmm. in transactions per day. Uh, Eight times more transactions than Google and Twitter combined. Uh, and you know they're they're instrumental in credit card transactions, banking transactions. Ninety of the top hundred global banks still use mainframes, the system of records. Seventy percent mm-hmm. of the global five hundred. You know, so most anything you you try to do in interacting with a large company is mm-hmm. still driven by mainframes in the back end. So it's still relevant even in this modern world today. It, it's extremely relevant and indispensable, in mm-hmm. fact. So what are some of the most uh, common misconceptions about mainframe integration? Yeah, so uh, a lot of people think about mainframes as old and clunky and uh, an obstacle to innovating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, today where you know, sort of mainframe integration was a second-tier conversation, today it's a board-level conversation mm-hmm. because you have companies like BB&T and SunTrust who have driven to merge by the need to uh, be more innovative technology, you know, to be able to provide better experiences to their uh, business and c- uh, consumer banking customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's absolutely critical, and even though they're both top 100 global banks, they 
couldn't compete with J.P. Morgan and Citi and Chase uh, without combining their infrastructures and their spending together mm-hmm. uh, to develop new innovative applications. Mm-hmm. So it's indispensable. The the uh, the misconception uh, on mainframe is that you know is that the only way to innovate is to get rid of it, rip it out, and replace it. Mm-hmm. So you know, we, we hear a lot of, of our customers, especially new customers, telling us, you know, jokingly, they're on the uh, fifth, you know, the tenth year of their five-year plan to get off the mainframe mm-hmm. because the board is driving it because they view it as an obstacle to innovation as opposed to uh, an enabler of innovation. Right. So if you step back and say, okay, instead of ripping it out, let's put all our, all of our uh, investment in new applications mm-hmm. and build those around the core of the mainframe and then integrate them where you need to with the mainframe, uh, you can innovate much more quickly and, and, and develop better customer experiences. Right. Now, you spoke about um, innovation. You know, when you think about that, I think of the cloud and hybrid cloud environment. How do uh, the mainframes exist in a modern cloud and hybrid cloud environment? I mean, so it, it's a great question because when you talk about hybrid cloud, you actually, I think, uh, what most people are thinking about when they make that statement is legacy applications, and mm-hmm. legacy applications exist on the mainframe. Mm-hmm. So the hybrid cloud is an integral, uh, the mainframe is an integral part of the hybrid cloud. In fact, we say it's the cornerstone of the hybrid cloud. Mm-hmm. So you again, you have your legacy applications existing on your existing mainframe infrastructure and then building your new applications in the hybrid cloud because that, that makes you know that makes the most sense it gives you the most agility and flexibility and scalability uh, and then the matter is just simply connecting you know your new hybrid cloud app your new cloud applications mm-hmm. to your existing mainframe application mm-hmm. and that's hybrid cloud Right. So currently, you guys have more than 2,500 organizations globally who trust GT Software Solutions to ensure that they're able to drive forward innovation that improves their customer experience, uh, increases their operational efficiency, and generates revenue. What's driving your business today? Uh, well, as I said, the, the, the main driver of the business is you know, companies trying to compete in in you know ever competitive technology environment mm-hmm. to create new applications, new experiences, better serve their customers, do it faster, do it in real time, mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of the old batch world. Mm-hmm. You know, in in the old days, it was okay to have a tr- a check that took seven days to clear. Mm-hmm. Today, consumers want instant payment, money in their bank immediately, exactly, uh, and that requires you know real time integration with those systems of record. Uh, and and because now it's a high level board conversation, mm-hmm. it's having a tremendous impact on driving our business. Right. So you spoke about banking. Open banking is another topic that I've been hearing about. What exactly is that? Uh, so you know, open banking is. We hear more and more about it, and mm-hmm. so in the in the largest sense, open banking means. Uh, you're opening up your legacy systems through mm-hmm. APIs, application programming interfaces, uh, to enable outside consumers to, or outside systems, fintechs, for example, mm-hmm. you know, innovative new companies, to develop applications that interact with your core banking system. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in fact, it's, it's so far that open banking is actually a legislation in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, and it's analogous legislation in mainland Europe is uh, PSD2, which is a payment service directive. A- and what those do is they require every large bank mm-hmm. in UK and Europe to enable outsiders to very securely access their core systems mm-hmm. uh, so that they can do two things. One is aggregate accounts. So in one screen, you can see your bank account, your checking account, all your credit cards, mm-hmm. any investment accounts you have all in one place, even if they're uh, scattered among multiple institutions. And the second is on uh, creating you know, the ability to uh, generate new payment transactions so from you know from a portal from a new fintech be able to securely make a payment from your ba- from your checking account to mm-hmm. a third party mm-hmm. and do that instantly uh, and that's now the law in in Europe so this is you know and they did that to try to foster innovation mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I call it uh, innovation at gunpoint so you know, <laughs> they probably wouldn't want to open up their Mm-hmm. Uh, their systems if they weren't required to. But now it's it has global enforcement, so it's actually spilling over to the U.S., where if you're a global bank, you also need to find this, uh, you know, have this ability to integrate. Mm-hmm. So it's rapidly changing, getting better uh, every day. We're speaking with Steve Hassett, Chief Operating Officer at GT Software, and Mitch Skyer, president of Passio Technologies and Silver Lining in the Cloud, sponsored by Computer Design and Integration. Uh, Steve, uh, tell our listeners, our followers, how they can uh, get more information about your company. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, if you go to www.gtsoftware.com, that's G-T-S-O-F-T-W-A-R-E.com, uh, you can learn more about us and, uh, and and fill out a contact form and get in touch with us. Awesome. Thank you so much for that great interview. Um, we're going to hear now from Mitch Skyer and learn more about uh, innovation and technology. Good morning, Mitch. How are you? I'm doing great, Nicole. How are you? Doing good. So, Mitch, tell us about what you do. So, Passio Technologies is a niche provider of technology for the transit industry. Mm -hmm. That means when you ride a bus, Mm -hmm. there's technology that you need. Everything from tracking that bus, looking on your smartphone to find out where it is and when it's going to pick you up, Mm -hmm. to counting the passengers, which is really important for running the system, how many people get on and off at each stop. And then we also do things like the voice announcements and those LED signs that you see on top. All of that, we put Wi-Fi on the buses. Mm -hmm. All the technology you need to both experience the transit ride and to manage it and run that system. And we do that for universities, airports, cities, uh, healthcare, hospitality, residential uh, communities, and some private companies all around the country. I feel like I haven't been on the mass transit in a long time. Did you say Wi-Fi on the bus? Yep. You can wow. get on Wi-Fi on the bus and uh, plug in, check your email, look at Facebook. Okay. Uh, all that's provided, and usually at no charge. Very mm-hmm. few people are charging now. It's a service. So what was the vision behind uh, Passio Technology, and how was it developed? So. Passio Technologies developed from a need. I started uh, in 2007 a consulting firm called Solstice Transportation Group, Mm -hmm. and there we focused on transportation operations, figuring out how many buses you needed, where they needed to go, what the purpose of your system was, the objectives. 
And from there, I realized pretty quickly how important technology was mm -hmm. to answer those questions. Right. And I uh, happened to meet my uh, present partner okay. at a networking event, and uh, we said, here's an opportunity for, uh, for us to do this, but I needed some help mm -hmm. on managing this technology. He showed me what I had been doing for another client of mine, and I mean, I showed him what we'd been doing, and uh, he looked at it and he said, well, this is okay, I can help you, but I think we can do it better ourselves. Mm -hmm. So he had an IT and a developer background, and I had the transit technology and the transit operations knowledge. Mm -hmm. We put it together and decided to give Passio a try, and exactly. then nine years later, here we are. Wow. Awesome. So what hole did you see in the transit technology industry that you decided to fill? And was that pro and what was that process like for you? Mm, that's a cool question. I think that the hole that started was we noticed the passenger counting piece. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really where it started. We looked at it and we said, everybody's using a clipboard and a pencil. And yeah. they were trying to do it. And the drivers were jotting it down and mm. usually wait until the end of their shift and filling right. it in and guessing. Get to the yard. <laughs> right. and there's a couple people on here. A couple mm -hmm. people got on there. And we realized without knowing the time and the date and the stop and how many people got on and off at each place during the course of the day, because it changes during mm -hmm. the day, you can't really do it. So Scott and I, my business partner, Scott Reiser, and I said, let's do this together. So we put, it, we put together an app for an iPod mm -hmm. and put it out there. And the great news was that app was awesome. I mean, it counted people. It was simple to use. The tough news was it didn't work so great on an iPod and a bus. Buses are very unpleasant environments for computers and electronics. So that was where it started. And then you fast forward a couple years and we realized there's another big hole in the technology industry for the transit world. Mm -hmm. And that hole is putting computers, as I mentioned, any kind of electronics on a bus mm -hmm. is awful. Mm -hmm. It's cold. It's hot. There's vibration. The roads right, is, right. in Atlanta are terrific. <laughs> but once in a while, you hit a pothole here. So all those things happen, and you put a computer on there, it's just worse for them. Mm -hmm. Then you, you take the idea of drivers, whose main job is to drive and move you safely. Mm -hmm. They're not exactly focused on keeping that computer in perfect shape, right. but they do their best. So you put that all together, and so hardware was a really big problem, because you, know, you hear of the internet of every everything. Mm -hmm. You hear of what we're all trying to do, millions and trillions, as Steve said, mm -hmm. uh, data points uh, mm -hmm. gathered. And it happens a lot in transit, too. Mm -hmm. And you put that all together, and we found that without the core hardware to get that data, you couldn't do it. And then integrating that on one single platform. So all the other pieces of business that we do for the technology world, mm -hmm. putting that in one place. You just log into our system. It's called Passio Navigator, and mm -hmm. you can do everything in that one place. Just a username and a password. And you can mm -hmm. set up your routes and your stops and all that information. Mm -hmm. wow, so that was the amazing. other hold. Absolutely amazing. So was it difficult for you and Scott to start the business? No, 500 bucks in a dream, and there we go. <laughs> we started it. Um, you know, we had uh, we have had ups and downs, you know, mm -hmm. like with any new business. We didn't have a clear path. I mean, mm -hmm. we had an idea and a vision. I think to our credit, we both had been entrepreneurs. Scott mm -hmm. had been for a long time, for about uh, seven or eight years, mm -hmm. and I had been for four years. So we had that knowledge, uh, and we knew the industry. But I'll account it a lot to hard work and great mm -hmm. customers. Our mm -hmm. customers gave us a shot. As a matter of fact, that first customer that Scott and I started with, they're still a customer today. They're here in Atlanta, and they have been one of the most loyal and amazing customers. Great to work with. We've grown with them, and that's you know almost 10 years now since we right. started. That's a good feeling, especially mm -hmm. when you have that kind of loyalty from a customer. So having a... 
pave the way and uh, consider yourself a trailblazer, <laughs> what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs? Oh, that's <laughs> you know you get asked that every once in a while. Mm-hmm. People want to know. You know, <laughs> I think um, you know there's definitely an idea that you have to stick with it. There's mm-hmm. going to be ups and downs, and you have to keep focused on that. You know what your vision is, mm-hmm. and you just can't give up. That doesn't mean you don't change because right. that's the worst. Sometimes change is necessary. You do. You have Nothing to. Nothing worthwhile comes easy. <laughs> you definitely have to be versatile, and mm-hmm. you have to. And as soon as you start something, you're always evaluating and looking at it. Mm-hmm. making sure it wouldn't do the other thing I would say is is make sure you focus 100% on the customer experience mm-hmm. it only matters who's going to buy from you and how long they stay with you depending on your mm-hmm. business and that is more than anything we could have grown a little quicker we could have fo- focused on growth and you know just pouring on new customers and not worrying but we said we're going to do it slow and right and mm-hmm. if something goes wrong we fix it before we move to the next thing right Slowed us down on the growth, but we have solid growth and great profits, mm-hmm. and, and that part, I think, makes a big difference for the longevity. And it shows, because you're winning that race. Yeah. How do Thanks. you believe uh, Passio is making a positive impact on the world? So that's a good and a fun question to answer for us. I think we are changing the world in a little, in a little place, a little bit at a time. Mobility and access to transit is really a cool thing. I mean, the millennials, the people you hear today, love the idea of saying, how can I do something more than my life? I can make money in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but how do I do that? How do I give access? So there's a group of people who use transit who are uh, either indigent or sick, and they just can't drive themselves. And that's wow. a really important spot. But that's traditional, too. There's also people who are socioeconomically challenged. They may mm-hmm. not have a car or they, have, they mm-hmm. can't have two cars in a family. And that's another space. But right. that world is changing. Mm-hmm. And bringing technology to the mobility space allows everybody to use it. Because when it becomes a better choice to either ride a bus, get on transit, use one of those little scooters that you see around town <laughs> now, they're all part of that whole mobility experience. And if you put that together... We really can change the world together because we're changing people's mindsets. We're thinking about autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles, but it all comes together. And if we don't know how to use it, and if it isn't a better and a simpler choice, people won't go there. And that's mm-hmm. what that's, I think, how we're changing the world. We're making it a little easier, a little safer, a little better to get on a bus in our case and then use the rest of uh, mobility and tra- public transit. Right. So currently over um, 100 transit agencies Um, are using your services to improve mobility for passengers, um, not only on a nationwide, but on an international level. What does uh, the future look like at the moment, and what parts of it are you excited about? The future is twofold. One is doing what we do, making it more available and better. We just signed one of our newest customers has one bus running on Thursday, Friday, Saturday mm-hmm. up in actually your neck of the woods in Long Island. Okay. And uh, and so they've really, they had a huge splash. They made a big difference. So doing more of that, we're okay with the one bus systems. Don't get me wrong. I love 50 and 200 bus systems. Right. Those are great. But the one bus systems become bigger ones and they also build they build into something bigger and they also change those people's lives. But what we're also looking at is how do we integrate all this? How can we say, 
let's get let's get mobility resources, transit options to everybody. How do mm-hmm. we take what people have sitting on the side of the road after five o'clock and bring that access to people for the evening, you know, and weekends? Mm-hmm. And how do we integrate all this? It's uh, there's a, a move towards micro transit, which is really almost creating routes and transit pathways in real time based on demand and need at that time because Mm -hmm. even on a weekend it's not always the same so the world of fixed route transit where a bus goes in a circle Mm -hmm. on a regular schedule is important but that's not the wave of the future we're going to be calling transit we're going to be adjusting it we're going to be saying oh there's a convention in town Mm -hmm. let's move it here we have this big music event let's bring extra resources Mm -hmm. and have it done dynamically and if you can look on your phone and say Oh, if I just walk over here, it'll be there. Or it Mm -hmm. tells you. You don't even have to look. Your phone buzzes you and says, hey, why don't you, if you're heading back to your hotel, why don't you hit here? Why don't you walk this way? We have the technology to do that today, and it's going to only get better over the next couple of years. Right. That's huge. And I was even thinking when it comes to holidays and people, you know, being on vacation, doing the holidays and having that access to know uh, how that transit is running is it's very key. It's great. Yeah, and if you've ever, it, that's a great point, Nicole, and if you've ever looked up and you say, they, they told me at the hotel or they told me <laughs> here there's a shuttle bus, but where is it? Right. How can I get on it? Mm-hmm. But if it just, if it was just there, if it was, because we can know when you're there at the hotel mm-hmm. and we can actually have a signal sent to your phone and ask you if you'd like that. We don't invade your privacy, mm-hmm. but we can put a little beacon and say, hey, you're in the right area. You're near the bus stop. Would you like the bus schedule? Mm-hmm. The answer could be no, but if it's yes, you have that information. You don't have to go looking for it. It comes to you because you're in the area where it's affected. Mm-hmm. And and we're there today. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what we can do today. And it's all optional. People aren't giving up their privacy. They're mm-hmm. just allowing that option to let you in when you want it. Gotcha. We're speaking with Steve Hassett, Chief Operating Officer of GT Software, and Mitch Skyer, President of Passio Technologies, this morning on Silver Lining in the Cloud. So, uh, Mitch, there's been a lot of discussion around smart cities recently. How does your work tie into this? Smart cities, uh, and I've actually changed the name when I talk about it to smarter cities, because I don't want to insult any cities today (laughs) insinuating that they're not already smart. But the smarter cities, Uh there's so many pieces to it, things that that don't touch Uh, transit or even parking where they're talking about smart buildings and operations and, uh, you know, how you even repair city streets. But just focusing on the piece of transportation and mobility, uh, the way I look at it is this, is what if you, uh, uh, we're gathering, we have over 4,000 devices in the field today. Mm -hmm. We are getting 5 million records. Now, we're a small company. Mm -hmm. 5 million records of locations every single day. Which direction the bus is going, how fast, where it is. Mm -hmm. We're counting over 200,000 people every day boarding and alighting, deboarding a bus. So with that amount of data, and that's just one company. We're not quite Google and Facebook, you know, Mm -hmm. those sizes. You'd start to aggregate all that data. That's what's making a smart city because smarter city, because then you can bring that data and turn it into something actionable, make decisions, even give people information or direction on what mm-hmm. to do. And so I'll give you a quick example. If you have two, you know, we've all been parking. Where do we want to park? We want to park at the closest place to where we want to go. Mm-hmm. We want that spot to open up right in front of where we are, whether it's, a, you know, by our office or if we're going to classes at a college or university. Mm-hmm. So we want to be able to park in that green lot, the one mm-hmm. that's perfect for us. But when that lot fills up, 
and you can no longer you know, use it, it's just full. What if we automatically knew that? And we said, okay, well, that bus is, the bus can't pick you up from there because you can't park there anymore. Mm-hmm. But we knew that that lot was full. So we told you, we directed your car, we directed you and say, mm-hmm. why don't you go to the yellow lot? It's a little further away, mm-hmm. but what we can do is we can automatically reroute the buses. So instead of having two buses service that, we now have six or eight buses mm-hmm. servicing that lot because we automatically knew that the other one's full. No reason to send those extra buses there automatically sending people there and as people gather we're getting that information from their Mm -hmm. cell phone and from their app Mm -hmm. and we are now saying even though it's a couple miles further it's only going to take you an extra two minutes because the buses are coming so often Mm -hmm. and then when that shifts after 11 or after 2 in the afternoon when all your classes end or at 4 o'clock when people start leaving we automatically shift it back so everybody gets back to their cars. That's the smarter city concept. That's mm-hmm. one piece of it. can also change your alarm on your phone to wake you up 15 minutes early if mm-hmm. it's raining or there's congestion. Mm-hmm. Those are all pieces of it. And then when we start gathering all that data and we start making decisions in the future, it's limitless where mm-hmm. things can head to from there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you're t- telling that story, kind of reminds me of the setup that they have at the stadiums and how they make that so efficient for mm-hmm. the guests mm-hmm. that are coming here and, you know, many of those lots are far, and so they have those buses there available to get them closer to the uh, event um, space. So, uh, Mitch, what makes transit uh, cool, sexy, interesting, fun? <laughs> well, you know, that's a tall order to meet when you ask us about that. But what makes it cool is what you can do, the potential, the opportunity of where transit can take us all. Uh, transit you know, thinking about getting on a bus and riding around for an hour and a half is probably not your idea, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Cool, sexy, and fun. Right. But what if we could get you on that bus? We have a little USB port that you can plug in your phone while you're waiting. We have Wi-Fi. You know the driver's name because you looked on the mm-hmm. app. Is it? Oh, Bill. Bill's been here for uh, three years. He's been working here. He's retired. You know, you have that personalization, kind of like the Facebook of buses, or mm-hmm. uh, just understanding we can do some of those things, but we also can say. How do we change your life and say, you don't need that car anymore, or you can use your car less often? What might make it sexy and fun is when you don't have to spend all that money on repairs and gas, <laughs> yes, and you can exactly. go out to dinner more often and go to the club. Uh-huh. I think that's how we could do it. It may be a little stretch, mm-hmm. uh, and I do have bus posters, and uh, my, my little girl, she's a freshman in high school mm-hmm. now, and when we used to wait at the bus stop, I used to uh, test her and ask her, what kind of bus? Is that a Bluebird or an International? You know, you see those. And she still, to this day, mm-hmm. much to her chagrin, can answer it. So we try to make the industry and the idea fun, but what we also try to do is 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 really letting people know that by doing this there's some alternatives Mm -hmm. there's ways you can better your own experience and that's what it matters it only matters if it's better for you Mm -hmm. you're not going to ride a bus just because it's there or just because it's Mm -hmm. a good thing to do it helps but what's really important is that it makes your life better and it it brings more joy and more happiness and more value to you right and especially in metro atlanta you know you find more families using a a mass transit when they have to get to the downtown areas Mm -hmm. for events and stuff and so it does make that experience a little bit more comfortable and cool you're right that's a great great example so mitch uh, tell our listeners uh, how they can get in contact with you to learn more about what you do you could find us on Twitter or LinkedIn by going to Passiotech or at Passiotech mm-hmm. and www.passiotech.com. We do a lot of trade shows. If you happen mm-hmm. to be going to a parking or transit trade show, mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll run into us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but please join, you know, P-A-S-S-I-O-T-E-C-H.com on the web is usually the best way. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for that great interview, Mitch. We really appreciate both you and Steve. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk to uh, businesses to learn more about what they do. We thank you to our guest today, Steve Hassett, COO at GT uh, Software, and Mitch Skyer, President at Passio Technologies. We really appreciate what you guys do for the community. I'm Nicole Toptosh on behalf of CDI Managed Services. As a reminder, to listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to GwinnettBusinessRadioX.com. And until next time, when it comes to IT solutions, CDI Managed Services is your Silver Lining in the Cloud.